0: Hey everyone, welcome back to the Eye on the Ball podcast. I am Dan I, and the vibes are back. Maybe for one week only, but the vibes are back. The Buffalo Bills are back over 500, not at 500. They are 6-5, and five, and it may be short-sighted. It may be too soon, but boy, they passed the eye test on Sunday afternoon and there's a glimmer of hope returns that this team could pull something off. Granted, they got a lot of help from the football gods around them, too. But there is a real chance that all of a sudden this team, you'd have to put them into the frisky category right now of teams trying to make the postseason. You wouldn't want to play against them. You wouldn't want to play against against the Bills in the playoffs in any scenario. They're the one team that I feel like all the teams that are locks are looking at and saying, uh-uh. The teams above them right now, the Browns, the Texans, the Steelers, teams just below them, the Colts and the Broncos, teams will take any one of those. Nobody in the top four wants to see the Bills make it in as a wild card and have them come in because it, they can just be be so dangerous because they did what we have been saying for weeks they lived up to what we knew they were capable of we saw it all year they were so close so close hints of it flashes of it whatever you want to call it finally we see it all get put together and put together against an extremely good defense in the New York Jets Now, a lot of things have to go their way, but this was a true demonstration of what they have been harping on all year, complimentary football. It just worked right from the opening kickoff. There was complimentary football, special teams forcing a turnover on the opening kickoff, and also just a little bit of sweet cosmic payback to Gibson for the punt return for a touchdown in the opener, the fact that he gets popped by Reggie Gilliam and fumbles the very first time he touches the ball against the Bills since that moment, it really, really just set the tone for what we saw all afternoon on Sunday. And really, what the Bills want to be going forward. You have to have a little bit of that edge. You have to be a little bit smash Mouth. You have to... Somebody like Reggie Gilliam getting out there, your fullback, delivering a crushing hit with Quentin Morris, your backup, backup, tight end, picking up the ball, that sets the tone for everything you want to see going forward. From there, I mean, the offense doesn't do anything with that series, getting the ball right away, but it was free points. It was a free three points where... The Jets didn't even get a chance to run an offensive play. And honestly, they might have been better off if they didn't try to run offensive plays or to get a little bit into the defense just quickly before we get onto the offense. Because I think the offense is the storyline that everyone wants to talk about. But you cannot overshadow that this defense did its job. They took a bad Jets offense and they made sure they looked like a bad offense. The Bills have been making teams look decent, look like they can hang in there. Made Baker Mayfield and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they looked decent against the Bills. You had the New York Giants held in it by Tyrod Taylor right to the end, made them look decent. You had all of these games over this six game stretch. The Patriots, God, the Patriots. All of these games where teams looked decent enough to be problematic against the Bills and they finally had an opponent that was not as good as them, they knew it, and they handled it. They ended, essentially, Zach Wilson's run in New York. You can't go back to him at this point. You pushed him as far as you could possibly go, He got you to four and six through no credit to him. I mean, the defense carried that team to four wins. And now he's downgraded all the way to third string. With Aaron Rodgers not even on the active roster, he is the third string, which means he's fourth in the organization's eyes. And I I just think that's it. At this point, if you're, Zach Wilson, you hope you get released and you go somewhere else and you try to start over because the Bills' defense were the straw that broke the camel's back and finally got them to sit him down. Six sacks, two fumble recoveries, the one being on the kickoff, two interceptions by Rasul Douglas. Welcome to Buffalo to him. He had the other fumble recovery too. That's three turnovers by one man who has clearly embraced his role in stepping up and being a top corner for this team. In for a team that was so good in the opener when the Jets ran the ball so well, Brees Hall ran the ball so well, the Jets couldn't do a damn thing offensively. They played 60 minutes of football and finished with 155 yards. 155. The Jets had 11 third downs. They converted zero of them. Zero. None. Nada. Every time they got into a third down situation, the Bills defense shut the door. Now the Jets did go four for five on fourth down, so when their backs were against the wall, they were able to convert. But to go zero for 11 on third down is just a wild stat. And it's not like the Bills were that much better. They were only 5 of 13 on third down. But zero, not once, did you find a way to call a play to get yourself a first down. They just couldn't do it. In terms of the rushing attack, what burned the Bills so bad in the first matchup between these two teams, nonexistent. Brees Hall had 10 carries, He got 23 yards. And one of those, his longest of the day was a 14-yard run. So you're talking, he's netting, he's got 9 yards for his other 9 carries. That is effectively shutting the door on a team and not taking your foot off the gas. They absolutely were the difference maker, they got off the field, they put the ball back in the offense's hand, and with the turnover from special teams right off the bat, and then the defense not letting the Jets sustain anything, put anything together offensively, it kept, you could just feel the confidence that both sides of the ball were feeding off of each other, that they were just lined up Of all right, this is a team we can take advantage of, Let's go and do it for the offense. It, it, it's about damn time. It Where has this been the last month and a half? On one hand, I'm incredibly excited because this is the door's not shut. The season's not over. Every, like You still can put yourself into the playoffs and compete here. But on the flip side, we waited through six weeks of nonsense going all the way back to London where you have losses to Jacksonville and to New England and barely getting by Tampa and the Giants and losing just so many bad weeks of inconsistency. It's a what took you so damn long to make the move. Because clearly, whether they want to say it or not, it pumped juice into the offense. They may be upset about Ken Dorsey getting fired, but they wanted to go out there and ball out for Joe Brady, and they did. And they, his play calling may not have even been exponentially better. I mean, it was his schemes and the plays they ran worked to perfection. But the level of execution that you saw from the players on the field showed that this is a team packed with weapons, a team that we knew could take advantage and put up points seemingly at will. Still a lot of stuff to clean up. Still a lot of field goals that where they settled that they could have done more. I mean, you talk three field goals in the first half three more in the second half two more in the second half one more two more Tyler Bass I think finished with four field goals field four field goals so but still three in the first half that that is a problem and that's something that you can address you have to be able to finish the job early the Bills turn one more of those field goals into a touchdown instead it's 20 to 6 at halftime And if the game feels out of hand, whereas 16-6 to going into the tunnel with the Jets driving down the field and getting a late score, it kept things alive and just a little bit uncomfortable into the third quarter. Now, the Jets have one of the top defenses in the league. So, yeah, things aren't going to always go your way. You're going to struggle. But if they can find a way to get a few more points early, I think that this team is right back in the conversation to be absolutely scary down the stretch here. I mean, you went from a week and a half ago after the Denver game talking about how the sky is falling and they have to fire their offensive coordinator. They're sitting down in 10th or 11th place with only the top 7 getting in. You're you're so far out of the picture and it's all unraveling, to now after just one game of showing you can do it, it's not so much a reminder to the fans or to the league. or Everybody else knew you were capable. It serves as a reminder to the guys in the room of, this is where we should be setting the bar. Beating a team by 26 points, containing them while scoring at will, putting up points on eight or nine drives, that's the example that you want to set for yourself because it, it it's going to get hard. You're going into Philadelphia this week. That's as tough as it's going to get. That may be your biggest challenge on the schedule for the rest of the season. And I think it's going to be really telling. We're going to be going into the Bills bye week with them either 6-6 six and six or 7-5. and five. And I'm trying to temper my own expectations for what I think this team can be. And I still think they lose to Philly. But if they lose in their 6-6, six and six, I still don't think that Kansas City is unbeatable. I don't think Dallas is unbeatable. The Chargers are atrocious. New England, they should win. It's in their own building. And it all sets up for a Week 18 matchup again with the Dolphins. It's one of the things that you can't do too much looking at what's around you in the standings. It's something I do every day. Look at the standings. Who's above the Bills? Who's below the Bills? Who could make a move? Who couldn't? Who's going to fall off? Who isn't? It is a week-in, week-out league. Philly's coming into this game against the Bills. Philly is 9-1. and one. Their loss is to the Jets. 9-1 and one with that one being the Jets. The team the Bills just saw and whooped. But the Bills also lost to the Jets in week one. The Bills whooped the Dolphins. The Dolphins whooped the Broncos. The Broncos beat the Bills. There's so much week-in, week-out parody that you have to just focus on the Bills need to take care of business. If you start playing the what-if game with seven weeks left in the season, six games left, but a whole bye week to sit and just wait and watch. You're going to drive yourself insane. You have to let each week play out. And if you get down to the final two, three weeks, and then the Bills are still in contention or in the hunt or in that last spot, then you can start to play that game. But right now, you're talking, the Bills are two games out of the number one seed. In the entire AFC. Now on tiebreakers and things that wouldn't work. But just conceptually, the Ravens are at the top of the conference at 8-3. and three. The Bells are 6-5. and five, And they're sitting outside of the playoffs. Conversely, if you go the other way. 6-5. and five, If you go two games below them, you're in second last place in the conference. You're talking four games separates 14 teams in this conference. There's too many moving parts, too many teams that still have to play each other. You cannot count on any one of these things this early. You just can't do it. But the Bills have a golden opportunity here. You can If you beat the Eagles, if you manage to beat the Eagles, which they won, they beat Kansas City on Monday night, but they didn't look great doing it, if the Bills can find a way to bottle up the running game, they have a shot. Now, granted, Philly plays, everything is first down and nine, essentially, because if you ever get to third and one, or fourth and one, they can just do the tush push brotherly shove whatever you want to call it you have you're basically working if you can't let them get within one yard of a first down because they're going to pick it up and if you manage to stop that once congrats you're not stopping it the next time there's no magic formula to stopping that play but you look at the teams you still have to play you still get the chiefs and the dolphins those are the two teams above you. The Cowboys are 7-3. and three. They're good, but they're beatable. New England is atrocious, but you've lost to them. It really is a week-to-week basis. And if you take just this past week, you have to work in small sample sizes. There's reason to believe they could pull off the upset. In Philly, and even if they don't, nothing to get. It it's not a sky is falling situation. If they look decent and lose a good game, all right. You lick your wounds. You go into the bye week. You have a whole week and a half to get yourself ready to go to Kansas City, geared up, knowing you got to go to war because everything's on the line there. You're talking the Bills have one. Maybe two games they can lose the rest of the way. Everyone was saying you got to win five out of the last seven. Well, now you've won one. So you got to win four out of your last six. You lose to Philly. Now you got to win four of your last five. Now your backs are against the wall. But the wiggle room is already so, so tight, so narrow. Screw it at this point. It just You have to almost go for broke, and you kind of saw that the offense playing like they were having fun for the first time in a long time on Sunday, and who knows? They are very much, the word of the year, capable. They are very much capable of beating Philadelphia. Will they? Who knows? But you can't write it off like we were all ready, ready to do eight days ago. At that point, it was a foregone conclusion that they were going to lose. They might not have won another game. Now, it could happen. So when I talk about the offense being back, quote-unquote, there's really no other way to explain it. You can look at, yeah, the schemes they were running, the plays they were running, the way... Plays were successful and how they flowed together. But it really is, at the end of the day, it's a vibe check. It's a it's an eye test. It's how does this team look on the field. And they looked like they had a little bit of their swagger. They had a little bit of that momentum. That looked like the old Bills that we knew. The Bills that we haven't seen since October 1st against Miami. Josh goes 20 of 32 for 275. Yeah, he had a pick in there. But he had three touchdowns, two of them being two running backs in just great plays. The James Cook touchdown was such a beautiful play that we you can't help but wonder, where, where has this been all season? I think if the Bills are going to succeed offensively, it's going to be on the backs of Josh Allen and James Cook. James Cook is the linchpin that makes all of this work. If he's on and teams have to respect his ability out of the backfield, it draws attention down lower. It opens up the middle of the field. It opens up the medium distance where Josh can really eat. And, I mean, it's just to look at this stat sheet from Sunday – It's incredible that Stephon Diggs, four catches, 27 yards. Steph had a rough day. Targeted eight times, only four catches. Had the fumble. Didn't turn it over, but a rough day for him. But you have a team that you just look at the numbers. Kincaid continues to produce. Six catches, 46 yards. It felt like way more. It felt like every time they needed a play, needed a third down, needed to pick up a chunk of yards, Kincaid was there. And if this kid isn't the damn future of this team, I don't know who is. If you have Allen, Cook, and Kincaid, you can build around that. Obviously, you'd prefer to keep Stephon Diggs, obviously. But those three build your core, and then you can – really pay off with young talent through the draft on the outside with your receivers. Khalil Shakir continues to emerge from the Bills standpoint, seemingly out of nowhere, but we've seen the flashes that he can make the incredible catches. He can make the incredible plays, but he struggled with the easy stuff. Well, he cleaned that up and he ends up having the most electric touchdown, the longest receiving touchdown of the year. Just the the play by Shakir, the awareness to keep his feet moving, keep himself moving downfield and cut back, and then the hip check block from Kincaid wiping out two, almost three Jets defenders, it gives you a glimpse into why this window is not closed for the Bills. What, this Super Bowl window that everyone talks about. It is not closed. It is the furthest thing from closed. It had some lumps and bumps, but it is reloading, not rebuilding. And there is a real possibility that these guys are the ones that lead the way. Shakir is your number three receiver. Gabe Davis, never targeted. Joe Brady called the player of the game the unsung hero for the way he was blocking and committed to the whole week. Now, it might be blowing smoke up your ass in a sense that, okay, yeah. He helped block, but he's a wide receiver. He's there to catch the ball, and you didn't throw it to him once. That is concerning, and I think if that trend continues, it raises serious questions about Gabe Davis's future with the team. But you have other guys that are picking up the slack. Shakir has three catches for 115 yards. Ty Johnson, your third string called up running back that's only there because Damian Harris got hurt, has three catches for 47 yards and a touchdown, adds 15 yards, 10 yards, 15 yards on the ground. The kid looks fast and looks electric, and I think there's a real... Shot that if he continues to play at that level, if they give him another opportunity this week in Philly and he performs the same way. I don't think Leonard Fournette ever sees the field for the Bills. I don't think playoff Lenny, regular season Lenny, Buffalo Lenny, whatever you want to call him. I don't think he ever cracks into getting called up from the practice squad because you don't have a need. Latavius Murray averaged three and a half yards carry. James Cook put up 73 yards again, another really good week from him. And if Ty Johnson is all of a sudden a complimentary piece that you're getting involved in the pass game and can run the ball effectively and small sample sizes, you have what you need in the backfield. You you don't need more. And I really think that this gears up for an extremely interesting last six games of the season. I think they match up well with this formula and Brady's play calling. Th- this formula matches up for them well in any game, any defense. Defense wants to blitz. Josh can, has proved he can pick apart the blitz. You have Latavius Murray in there as a pass blocking back. He can pick things up. Kincaid's been good. The offensive line has been Solid all season long. Josh was sacked one time again against the mighty Jets defense. Whereas the Bills put up six sacks. You, if you have to fight off the blitz, fine. If you have to fight off really good man-to-man coverage, really good zone coverage, it feels Feels like they have the players and the pieces. That they can shuffle their game plan week to week. To prepare for you. And they can still be effective. I think the biggest. Like feather in the cap of Joe Brady. Was the way he adjusted. This is his first game as the play caller. He hasn't called the plays. Since he was in Carolina. This is his first. Go at it. And the Bills go down the field. Get field goals on their first three possessions. And then have a punt. But you saw they started to chew up yardage. First field goal, only those four plays or so. They go backwards, but they make adjustments. Next drive. They go almost 60 yards. All right. Next drive. They go 65 yards. They started doing exactly what we thought they were going to be able to do. Take chunks of time off the clock, drive down the field, and put points on the board. And I really was impressed with the way they adjusted and took it to a Jets defense that has eaten them up in in the past. Has really gotten into Josh's head, really messed with him. He was locked in. He was focused. They had a plan. They executed it. And it was, it was honestly something to watch because I didn't expect it to look that good. And it did. And again, it's a one-game sample. You go out there, you can lay an egg this week. It's entirely possible. Anything's possible at this point with the NFL. Anything is possible. But the vibes are trending in a direction of, hey, why not believe? Why not get, get yourself buckled up? Get yourself ready to go because it's going to be a weird ride into January. And who knows? It could go into late January. And if they fall short and they miss the playoffs because they waited too long, there's going to have to be answers for the six-week stretch that they let this drag out. We're not going to let that off the hook. Nobody's going to let that off the hook. And say, well, you turned it around and came close. No. You let it falter to this point where you could have been 9-2 and two right now. You don't lose the Jets game. You don't lose the Patriots game. You don't lose the Denver game. It, there's no game this team really looked bad Jacksonville and London, everything is still on the table that this team has been in it, and if they're playing at the level that they did on Sunday, they are capable of being right there with the best teams in the league. And be careful what you ask for because you get two of the three best teams in the league over the next three weeks on either side of your bye. We'll see what happens. You gotta imagine they're gonna compete, right? I I can't imagine a world where they come out flat and they just get dominated by Philly. There's too much riding on it, things are turned around, the momentum is there. I gotta imagine this is a close game that goes down to the wire and it's a lucky bounce, luck of the draw, missed kick, bad weather, who knows what comes into play but I just maybe it's the eternal optimist in me but I just can't picture a scenario where they're not right in the mix kind of metaphorically that they're in it at the end of the game and also at the end of the season you just can't picture in a scenario where they don't make it interesting right down to the very end but I want to know your thoughts let me know what you think about Joe Brady's first game, Josh Allen's vibes returning. Is he all the way back? Is he some of the way back? Is he even back at all? Is it the haircut power? Is it? Do we have still concerns about parts of the offense? Do we have concerns about Steph's slow day, Gabe not being involved? Eventually, probably after the bye, you're going to have Dawson Knox coming back into the mix. How does that affect things? There's still a lot of questions. And they're all valid. So I want to know what what concerns you most going forward. What's the one thing giving you pause when you look at this team that makes you say, not yet. Not fully bought in yet. Let me know what you think. Sunday, 425, Bills and Eagles. I would say for all the marbles, but for a fair amount of marbles. As always, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, I am the ball podcast. We'll see what happens. Keep the faith. The vibes are back. As always, go Bills.